0: Welcome to another episode of the Bandage Podcast, a weekly wrap-up of the most trending healthcare news. Each week, join me and my co-host, Alex Ross, as we'll discuss the latest in healthcare, health IT, and compliance. In this week's episode, we discuss robots that reduce loneliness, a patient care and monitoring portal, and healthcare in rural areas. Let's wrap things up. This is episode 50 for the week of September 14th. I'm Matt Moneypenny.
1: And I'm Alex Ross. Congratulations on 50 episodes.
0: 50 episodes. Woo!
1: I'm hyped. half a century. No, wait. (laughs) (laughs) Before we
0: get started, our diagnosis code of the week is Y93.01. Activity, walking, marching, and
1: hiking. Interestingly enough, related to it. I was doing all three. Yeah, related (laughs) to it being... Uh, the 50th episode, I decided to celebrate by marching myself 50 miles. Um, nobody told me that a mile was quite a distance. Uh, so when I arrived at the end, because I'm stubborn, I wasn't going to give up. Uh, I took off my shoes and instead of feet, I now have two big blisters.
0: There you go. You were That's- walking and marching yeah, hiking.
1: Yeah, kind of alternatively, because, you know, walking is what I did on the sidewalk. And then when there was no sidewalk, I had to go on the road. So I made sure to march so that everyone would see me because uh, they were all looking at me thinking, what a weirdo. And then yeah. sometimes I ended up kind of the back trails. And that's when I would do the hiking part.
0: Right. Do you think, you know, that old song that goes when the saints go marching in. Do you think after the saints marched in, they got diagnosed with Y93.01?
1: I sure hope not. They probably have tougher <laughs> feet than me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: They've been marching for quite a time.
1: Though, you know, maybe not because I, I hear their shoes are pretty low quality. Uh, ah. They're they're quite holy. <laughs> 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 All right. So next week you'll have a new co-host. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and with that, let's get right into the news. First up, we have robots comfort those least likely to use one. Researchers collaborated to explore the possibility of developing culturally competent robots to improve the health of older people. A culturally competent robot called Pepper was tested in care homes in the UK. Researchers found that older adults who used the robot for up to 18 hours in two weeks saw a significant improvement in their mental health. Poor mental health and loneliness are significant health concerns, with more people living longer, but fewer people to look after them. The robots had a positive impact on the loneliness severity and on participants' attitudes towards robots. This is the largest investigation into the use of autonomous social robots for older adults in care settings.
1: So so this is what our scientists are working on. They're making robots that are culturally competent. Uh, yes. but we don't even have people that are culturally competent yet.
0: Hey, <laughs> <Ay>, true. <laughs> Got them. Zinger. No. Uh, I think robots are I mean, this gonna stuff's take over cool. the world.
1: They're gonna take over the world and they're starting with the old folks home.
0: Yes, right. That's how they get you. <laughs> they start <laughs> they start old and work backwards. The uh I think I mean this robot stuff is kinda cool. We're kind of I mean, obviously we're social by nature. I mean, that's just kind of how we are as human beings and sometimes you just need someone to vent to or to agree with you or to tell you that you look good today and I think that robots that's where they come in right because after a while when you ask when I ask my girlfriend if I look good after a while it kind of weighs on her you know because sometimes I just don't look good Alex right. but I need that I need that comforting. <laughs> so-
1: It should be noted that these robots are your stereotypical, like, futuristic, sleek, white design. You know, like, very, very clean and futuristic. So, probably not going to get a lot of, like, comforting hugs from them. Uh, (laughs) Maybe. And frankly, I I think Pepper is a little bit creepy. The eyes just kind of stare into your soul. Uh, But the other thing I just wanted to note, because I found it kind of funny, is that this article actually comes from the sports section of Yahoo News. yes (laughs)
0: yeah it is it is kind of (laughs) strange they clearly don't have very many sports going on so like just give it to the sports department they need something they need something quick
1: (laughs) it's going to be the next big thing uh, helping your your elderly neighbor improve their mental health competitive
0: the uh (laughs) the national sports robot hugging series (laughs)
1: so they're gonna have sensors to measure how good your hug was (laughs) competitive hugging next up constantly caring about your health for those with complex chronic diseases a solution for managing aspects of treatment will be available from open health network this healthcare it data solution company launched constant care an integrative data system for patient care and monitoring it helps diagnose treat and manage complex diseases in multiple areas of medicine. Constant Care incorporates artificial intelligence and machine learning to track symptoms, progress, and medication, and to offer holistic health planning all in one portal. So I guess uh, the old adage, "There's an app for that," uh, continues now there's one for your chronic disease.
0: Yep, it just continues in this world of twenty twenty, where we see the new thing is there's an I- and there's an AI for that. So. Everything I feel like I don't even know, like at some point, I feel like some of these, they just throw in the word artificial intelligence because it's a buzzword. (laughs) So they're just like, just throw it in. Just throw it in. (laughs) There's nothing to do with it, but just throw it in there. (laughs) So, I mean, it's great.
1: A lot of people misunderstand what artificial intelligence actually does. And I, I do think that for a lot of these articles, they say it when what they actually mean is that it's just a program. Right? right. It takes information and it returns some kind of answer to that information. Yeah. And and that's not artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is is really going a step further and being able to solve more complex problems um, as opposed to just answer, you know, one plus one equals two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The question is not becomes, it's just like a
0: form of logic.
1: Right. For both this app and even Pepper. How close are we getting to passing the Turing test? Because that's all I care about.
0: <laughs> true, 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 and also uncanny to, valley. Don't don't forget about those. I wonder if those robots in the previous article
1: that's passed probably, the uncanny valley. That's probably why Pepper looks, you know, sleek, white, and futuristic. Is to avoid that that uncanniness because I agree <laughs> it, it's super creepy. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's like but, it goes from like looking like a really cool robot to like. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese animatronic Mm -hmm. and it's like, yikes.
1: (laughs) Right. You you know, I'll say that artificial intelligence is being used in complex ways in just about every aspect of our life now. My favorite one lately has been the text messages I'm receiving from political campaigns.
0: Ah, yes. (laughs) I still get the mail.
1: They're kind of fun because honestly, they feel like a real person most times, especially because they introduce themselves with a name. And you just have to, like, respond with a total curveball. And if it's an AI, they won't be able to pivot and and follow that <laughs> line of thinking. So, you know, the the last one I got, I just replied to it. Do you have a TikTok? And they weren't <laughs> sure how to respond. You know, they gave me some canned response. And I was like, yep, okay, it's a robot. So no <laughs> use wasting its time. Are you TikTok
0: robot. famous, Mr. Campaign Manager? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) Next up, a new plan in time for new adults. The U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, a.k.a. the HHS, released a Rural Action Plan, the first department-wide assessment of rural health care efforts in 18 years. The plan will serve as a roadmap for the HHS to strengthen coordination among departments to better serve rural communities. The plan examines key challenges facing rural areas related to issues like emerging health disparities, chronic disease burden high rates of maternal mortality and limited access to mental health services
1: this uh <laughs> reminds me of some of our older stories we talked about with like mobile healthcare clinics yeah like big old buses and RVs and stuff and i wonder if you know they're trying to figure out how things are going right now get a baseline for our rural healthcare identify the issues the things that need to be addressed and then how do we solve that so my mm. vote is on hospital buses just because i like the idea and then maybe on each hospital bus we'll put a robot
0: yeah right exactly we'll put pepper we'll we'll <laughs> we'll grind <laughs> some pepper into the sprinkle some pepper into those rope those bu- uh buses so it'll be great
1: yeah, cuz there is um, one pepper, so we'll have to really grind it finely.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's always good to see anything with rural happening cuz I mean, like you kind of mentioned, we've talked about this before, but rural healthcare is a big issue and rural hospitals and healthcare centers continue to close, and it's kind of like a it's almost like an epidemic of closures, if you will, right. to put it, you know, appropriately um in the eyes of healthcare. Uh and it's and it's it's kind of scary, especially if you live. I mean, if you go right, we live in Ohio and if you go anywhere, southern Ohio, right, you got Cleveland, you got Akron and then you drive south for two hours and then you got or three hours and you got Cincinnati. And in between that is mostly just farm. <laughs> so well, that is Columbus our rural too. community. <laughs>
1: <Columbus> <laughs> yeah. too, but it still <laughs> and Dayton is somewhere in yeah. there. But, but that's, I agree that's with you it's it's pretty rural around here, but I will say that Ohio, you know it's it's not huge, so even though I may live two hours away, I can still make it to the Cleveland Clinic and get specialized treatment if I need it. But, yeah, but- if we're looking at a place like Kansas, you know it might be four hours to the closest specialist. It might be five hours, so those kind of areas, you know it becomes very prohibitive for people to seek care. From those those locations, so right, I, I bet that's really what they're targeting when they say rural is like seriously rural.
0: We've got a. They probably walked into the office and were like, "We've got a rural problem on our hands."
1: <laughs> All right, let's move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> With that, Let's move on to our next segment. B R E A C H breach patrol. It's a breach. All of the latest cybersecurity breaches welcome to breach patrol where we talk about the latest breaches all across the world first up we have
1: could using a public computer mean taking your data public denmark's national association for municipalities announced that public computers such as those at libraries and citizen service centers were the target of a successful i.t attack it's too early for police to report how much data has been stolen but it's believed that the attackers were primarily targeting CPR numbers, similar to our social security numbers. The association is advising people to change their passwords of any account that they used on a public computer. If citizens suspect their information is being used for economic crime, they must immediately inform the police.
0: Yeah, this is not good.
1: (laughs) No, obviously.
0: like I mean, like libraries... As books get turned into eBooks and things like that in electronic format, the the use for libraries continues to kind of decline. Unless you have kids, right? I mean, if you're a parent, you're going to take your kids to the library because it gives them something to do, and they have to stay quiet because those are the rules. So it's like a win win for you. Um, <laughs> but so as they move from books to to eBooks, a lot of libraries start adding more and more computers to use to draw on more people, and if they're unsecure. <laughs> That's a big problem because then it's like, okay, well, I'm just going to use my own computer because clearly I can protect myself better than a library. But,
1: yeah, I mean,
0: that's not the case, I guess.
1: That's always a risk when it comes to public. uh, IT systems just in general, you know, if you go to the local fast food joint, you connect your computer up to their Wi-Fi. It's the same thing because you're now connected to that system. And if someone else is connected to that system. They may be able to reach into your device and and Mm -hmm. procure data. So this threat isn't one that's necessarily novel. It's, you know, in this case, it was successful and we identified that this attack happened, but it's always kind of a risk you take when you connect to a public Wi-Fi pretty much every time. So um, what do you think a
0: breach would be called if, what would the headline read if a breach happened on the free Wi-Fi system of Starbucks. A venti pumpkin spice breach.
1: I'm sorry, was that your idea of a joke?
0: (laughs) It's that time of the year, man. Come on, that was good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't go hacking Starbucks because I don't want them to shut down because I need my pumpkin spice latte. Thank you.
0: I need my pumpkin spice cold foam nitro brew. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Do they have a pumpkin spice nitro?
0: They have a nitro brew with, and then they have the pumpkin spice cold foam. So if you get the nitro and then you ask for the cold foam, it's like the most incredible drink of all time.
1: If you say so, I will stick with my Dunkin' Donuts.
0: (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Next up, Newcastle, more like New Breach. Hackers are threatening to release personal information of England's Newcastle University students if the school doesn't pay. Guess what? A ransom. The hacker group Doppel Paymer used malware to access the victim's information. They already released some of the stolen data online. The threat of releasing the data is used as additional leverage to pressure the university into meeting the ransom demands. It's currently impossible to know what data may have been extracted during the attack. The university has also contracted the police and the UK's data watchdog, but it will take several weeks to address the issue. They're working to regain stolen information, and it's unclear whether they'll pay the ransom to protect the data from being leaked. Um. So every time we have, I mean, every week now, I remember last year, 2019, I was reading, I was looking up information about breaches because, you know, I'm a normal human being and we always look up cybersecurity because that's one of our hottest topics. I'm just being sarcastic. but. I was actually researching things going on in cybersecurity and trends. And one of the things was ransomware. And now in 2020, every single week we have a ransomware attack every single week. And it's like, it's getting to the point where this section is just ransomware attacks and we're running out of commentary. So like, if you guys want to start protecting your systems better so that <laughs> ransomware attacks don't happen, that would be great.
1: Right. <laughs> no, right. We need them to come up with a new way to attack people so that we have something <laughs> yeah. to talk about. Our
0: content is getting stale because of these ransomware attacks, so please. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: Well, it, I wonder if, uh, if this is just us from a research side or if there is actually a trend here. I noticed that all of our stories this week are coming out of Europe. Uh, this yeah. one, and spoiler alert, the next one, is also about the uk so maybe there's uh
0: you gotta has me asking are you uk question mark
1: is everything uk
0: (laughs) (laughs) are you okay over there um yeah so
1: scary times. next up watch out who you outsource to Private details from over 50,000 letters sent out by UK banks and local authorities were indexed by Google when they shouldn't have been. This error was a result of a London-based outsourcing firm, Virtual Mailroom, leaving its system exposed. This affected people in the UK, US, and Canada. Specific content of the letters sent to individuals weren't visible, but the names, addresses, and types of letters were left exposed. So that, is, that webmaster is not going to be working in uh internet anymore,
0: so what's crazy though is I've been hearing more and more about this, so Google has become so powerful with its indexing capabilities that it's blind to what it indexes in some circumstances right, so you could there are certain things that you could search on Google that ends up like leaking information off of PDFs just because of what or how powerful the indexing tool is. It doesn't realize what it's indexing. It just sees that there's information on the internet. And it's like, I need to add this to my search engine. And right. it's kind of crazy. Like some of the things that you can search and find is like kind of startling. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, I think it comes down to, it's not really this guy's fault per se. I mean, maybe to an extent, but I think it's Google's. Oh, just it definitely needs to calm It, down it should a little not bit. have
1: been hosted in a place yeah. that could have been indexed. And right. that's like, the first thing you check before you decide to make this go live, you yes. make sure that it's not about to get indexed. There or is a store it someplace that is more secure. You know, yeah. Google is not going to index their own drive. <laughs> That's probably <laughs> there, not is a, a uh, uh, place, there is a there is
0: a code snippet you can put on as a webmaster that tells Google to not index the page. So um, maybe it would be good. Probably practice. would have been helpful information, to know.
1: right. Maybe it would be good practice in the future to just have all pages have that code snippet. And if you want it to be indexed, you have to opt in. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Having to opt out. Yeah. Just in terms of like data security, I could see that being a feature that web hosting organizations have you choose to turn on when you set up your website the first time. Like, do you want to Mm -hmm. automatically avoid index and then opt in? And they can give you a little snippet, like here's why you might want to do that. um, And just in general, like, for organizations that deal with sensitive information it might just be good practice to have that be part of your code template right and then you have to consciously choose to remove it in order for it yeah to be indexed
0: yeah because i mean in other circumstances that you wouldn't want your pages to be indexed by google is if you like let's say you have a partnership with a company and you want to announce that partnership and it it's the exact same type of content as what's already existing on your webpage that is indexed. You're just trying to make it more categorized for the partnership. So um at that case, you wouldn't want to have duplicate content. So then you would tell Google not to index that other extra web page because it's so specific to the partnership. So that's a that's right. an example of what you wouldn't want indexed um that isn't sensitive information. But yeah, I agree with what you're saying. It should be an opt-in.
1: Especially just for organizations that might have less experienced webmasters mm-hmm. who, you know, maybe they don't know that things get indexed automatically right? Um, and don't know that they should be opting out. So just keep that in mind. Make sure you uh, train your team correctly. Don't let this happen again. I'm very disappointed in you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed.
1: Yeah, I'm super disappointed. <laughs> And that's it for this week's wrap-up of your weekly healthcare news. I'm Alex Ross.
0: And I'm Matt Moneypenny.
1: And we will see you next week. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of The Bandage. This week's episode was written and produced by eTactics. eTactics is a leading revenue cycle solutions organization committed to providing innovative, web-based solutions that improve our clients' cash management and customer relationships. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.